Welcome to the Roll for Crit podcast, episode number 21, even better than a crit. We're here to talk about tabletop games, RPGs, card games, board games, all that fun stuff, uh, news, Kickstarters, and more. Very exciting. I'm Jonathan. I'm Will. Thank you so much for anyone who's tuning in and listening. Mm -hmm. Uh, And speaking of crit, as always, we must roll a die. Jonathan, I would like you to pick the weapon we shall use. Yeah, one, so two, three, please. So we're, we're rolling a d twenty specifically, uh, as is tradition, to see how to see how the show is going to go. This is the term going to determine our strength today. Uh, and you have three dice available. Is that it? I always have three dice for you to. pick We got to come up with a new gimmick for next time. I think. <laughs> I think we need, this gimmick is. I want die number four. <laughs> you know, I'll I'll, we, I'll see next time. I'm uh, we go to Gen Con. I'll see if they have like that giant like take a mug full of D twenties. I don't. That sounds like, like the same gimmick though. <laughs> that no, that same? way I'll just pull from a bag. That way they're all different. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like the same gimmick. I'll pick die number two. Ooh, it's it's been finally picked. <laughs> the uh this is actually the d20 from the first die set i bought wow it is the it's a black and green with uh elder signs on the 20 wow. that said last time i remember playing with this die i'm pretty sure it's a trader die i think it likes to roll low well so we'll find out today <laughs> right now <laughs> and not only did it roll low it repeated if i remember correctly last podcast number of two we got two twos in a row? Yep. I told you, a trader die doesn't even give us a new number. All right. Something, something's wrong here. But you know what? Or maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's he a knows sign. about our guests. Yeah, maybe it's a sign because we have not one, but two guests today. Can't wait to talk to them. Joining our party this week from Three-Headed Monster, the studio behind Beyond Humanity Colonies and uh, the upcoming Beyond Humanity Astro Miners. We are welcoming to the show... Community manager Casey Macbeth and lead designer and story designer Max Salamanovich. Welcome to the show, guys. Howdy, hey, guys. Thank you guys for having us. Great <laughs> intro. I, I did do my own uh, dice roll on Google and I got a 15. I didn't have any dice handy. <laughs> that, no, that's fine. We'll add them together. That gives a solid 17. That's very good. No, I think he's rolling against us. I think that means oh, you, oh, no. you guys are winning. <laughs> oh, you know, what? I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm glad you guys could be on the show. We uh, we got we've played uh, an earlier version of uh, Colonies, and we also just did a a playthrough you can watch on our YouTube channel for Astro Miners and had fun with that one. So uh, go take a look at those if you haven't had a chance to check out uh, any other stuff yet. I know uh, Colonies is, is headed out to people in the near future. So that's yeah, we're ramping up on the uh, final ends of production and that'll be out soon. And, you know, we can't wait to send you guys a box. So hopefully you can take a better look at it than, you know, Gen Con Airbnb bathroom or <laughs> living room. Uh, the good old days. <laughs> the good old days of seeing people in person. I may just add that we are drowning on the bits and pieces over here in Poland in production facility. We've got so many elements for this game that literally we may swim in it. You know, I, I think you're you're just actually planning for the future. We're going to need all those buildings and colonies in the future because we're not going to be allowed to go outside anymore. Yeah, we're all going to need our own uh, our own automatic wells and life support system buildings. 
Yeah, yeah. We live in a dark world, but we're going to concentrate <laughs> on just the news of the board game world this week. Some brighter stories and some maybe darker stories as well. Uh, but we're going to get to them right now in the news roundup. News roundup. All right. You know, that sound means that we are talking about the news stories from the past week. And starting off, we are talking about IDW Games. So IDW a uh, comic book publisher that also ventured out into the world of tabletop games. They co-published Machi Koro, and they did a lot of licensed games, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, there's that's some uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, Batman the Animated Series, a bunch of licensed games you may have seen at one point or another. And now recently we had talked about a couple of their games being canceled, including uh, most infamously the uh, Metal Gear Solid board game. And we weren't sure exactly what was going on behind the scenes, but now it seems like it is uh, pretty much, it, it looks like the writing on the wall is saying that they are closing their doors. So as of, as of today, they, IDW has not made any kind of official statement to the public regarding this, but uh, in a recent uh, fiscal report that they released, if you dig into it, Board Game Geek actually found this and posted it on Twitter. They mentioned that there was a loss due to their board game lines and that they are no longer going to be a part of the board game world. They are uh, closing down that side of their business. So it seems pretty concrete that they are no longer going to be publishing any games. So uh, let's, why don't we start with you, Max? I mean, what do you, I don't know if, uh, if you have familiarity with IDW's games specifically, or just maybe thoughts on a publisher closing their doors. Do you think that this is something that's, uh, you know, cause of course you guys are part of a publishing company. So from your inside perspective, does this sound like something that maybe is related specifically to, of course, the last year, the pandemic, or maybe just mismanagement of other areas what, what's your takeaway from this uh, interesting question i may say that uh, i've been following this case i i kind of like idw because they've made batman and it looked great and a couple of different titles but looking from the business side uh, i've read uh, like a report about the the, the fiscal uh, closing second quarter 2021 and it doesn't seem that it's connected to directly to COVID-19 everybody ha um, have been hit by uh, COVID but definitely they've been recovering uh, with sales uh, they've got some consolidated income and uh, it looks like there's a problem hidden underneath not uh, related directly to to money because they they had some kind of a reserves, uh, they've got some net income that increased slightly. Just want to be you know hundred percent accurate. We are a publishing company that is like a group of friends that is, that are making uh, games. They were a bigger company, so that's a slight sure. a slight difference in between us. Uh, but yeah, definitely, I assume that this could be uh, related to investor relationships or eventually even worst case scenario that something with Konami went terribly wrong and they've lost some kind of a deal or eventually they need to pay uh, off some kind of a deal, license deal, uh, the other way around. So uh, the 
truth is hidden looking at fiscal report. It doesn't look great, but at the same time, remembering that we've got COVID era right now, uh, it doesn't it it doesn't look <laughs> terrible as well. Not great, yeah, I, not terrible. Yeah, I wonder if how much of it is like. Uh, it, you know, it was, it's so much of a loss that it was doing terribly, or was it just not doing as well as they wanted it to like, or are there as a larger company, are their standards maybe a bit higher for what the kind of revenue they'd like to get out of something? Guys, just remember one, one important thing. So if they were supposed to be like startup, so they should grow exponentially, uh, year to year, quarter to quarter. Uh, they weren't. They were not stable. They've been growing, but extremely slowly. Like uh, mm -hmm. according to Fiscal Report, they've got like uh, revenue around eight point four to ten. I'm just searching right now, just <laughs> to throw to proper numbers to ten point one million. Yeah. So those aren't uh, huge differences. And investors assume that if the business isn't going fast enough, it's time to close it. In startup well, world, that's the story behind it. Yeah, I mean, and the interesting thing is when you take when you take a look at like sales numbers like that, and you know the library of which that company has. Uh, I mean, on BGG, I'm seeing 122 games, but the vast majority <laughs> of those have been released in the last five years, or <clears throat> actually, probably the larger percent's probably been released in the last three or four. I mean, that's a, a phenomenal library. I, I know that a lot of these are being licensed and coming in from other developers and then there's kind of like publishing them. But I feel like maybe there's probably just a bit too much diversification of attention and, you know, they're not having like the sales follow through that one would expect, we, you know, with that many products on the market. So, I, I mean, I could definitely see it being something along the lines of just like, you know, a division of a larger company just kind of underperforming and not being kind of like the, cash cow that you would hope it to be and just kind of reinvesting those personnel and time resources into other projects yeah yeah and licensing is expensive right i mean that's uh, i'm sure that that goes somewhere that that has something to do with the fact that they maybe couldn't keep up with it and like you said that's yeah they put out a lot of games in a yeah. short span of time uh, but yeah but yeah. still guys remember that usually that's a ref share type of a deal so as they were selling games, they were earning money, uh, usually with uh, crowdfunding, and they've been deep into this world. Uh, it comes like you've got inflows, and afterwards you've got re revenue, and you need to pay uh, for licenses uh, directly from the money that you've collected as a pre-order uh, via crowdfunding. So usually it works great. They had really strong light-up of products in terms of... Uh, uh, IP behind those products. Th those were extremely strong products uh, on the market. Yes, competition is fierce. Casey, you are 100% correct about it. But still, it looks like the games itself, the market, even COVID, uh, those weren't, uh, the, those were affectors, but still those uh, weren't killing the business looking at at the documents that that are public mm -hmm. this is why i'm very glad that you're on the show today because you <laughs> you you did the research i didn't do <laughs> <laughs>
that's that's max's greatest weakness and strength yeah <laughs> this is really why we have guests on the show is that we put the burden <laughs> on them to provide educated content uh so on that note but go back to will <laughs> as host i mean I, I, like i said we've you know we've been talking about this before all these metal gear solid had such a right troubled and, history <laughs> well i think and that's why like we're bringing up for example i don't think it was as you're saying code itself killing it. i think covid covid accelerated a lot of things in places and i'm my guess is here like the medical game i i'm pretty sure it was well funded i played it it was a lot of fun but it didn't do well and i there's other things and in particular i remember just going through the bgg thing too they also had some ones that were really at least in my mind that for us jonathan stuck out it's like we did not like this game and the ones i'm like oh i liked a lot or they're like it's also a pandasaurus Hmm. <laughs> so I don't think no one was ever like, oh, man, I can't wait to go to the IDW games booth. I think, well, I, could I also, think they, they definitely never... they they a lot of their strength was in the licenses. Right. And sometimes right. licensed game, although a lot of them are great these days. Sometimes they are hamstrung for different reasons. Probably they might be rushed by the people who are licensing it to them or have certain specifications in place that make it uh, not as good as they might want it to be. Yeah, I'm licensing deals can be extremely complex, especially, you know, when you take a look at like what the original intellectual property owner wants to do or like how much they want to kind of control how it looks. And, you know, depending on their, you know, specific experience with board games in general, that could be extremely disastrous. Mm -hmm. Casey, you need to be strict and honest. We just signed <laughs> very large deal with... Uh, big video game company to make beautiful i hope so at least and very interesting uh, game based on very successful video game ip yeah so is this is this a scoop you're telling us you guys have this <laughs> yeah uh, yeah it's a yeah. bit of a scoop i guess <laughs> it's a scoop for me <laughs> uh we we can talk about it we've got already everything signed so yeah uh yeah. bluebird team uh, uh the game called medium I'm super eager to 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 work on this game more because we've got so crazy ideas how to to make it interesting. Let's say, yeah. But, are, you, uh, are you guys familiar with this one? The uh, the girl the who kind of goes into the oh, quote unquote upside down to like solve mysteries in the real world by going into kind of like the spirit realm, so to speak. Uh, it was it was not, very popular at the beginning of the year. Just googling the medium is a psychological horror. I'm like, ooh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is this is coming out the, like soon. This is not actually out now, or was there a new it's another version from coming? from December? It's out already. It okay. was a fairly successful uh, PC game, also hitting PS5 right now. Next okay, month. that's what it is. The PS5 version's coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was fairly successful. It got really good opinions uh, online. Meta Metacritic is pretty much optimistic about this game. I love it. Uh, it's very not scary it's it has got extremely good storytelling and uh, they are using properly all of the tools at their disposal to tell the story with visuals which are crazy uh, uh, and i may say back to the subject <laughs> As we've got some already some experience with licensing i may say that uh there's lot of uh, there's lot of details that are extremely important and those are heavily affecting company as a whole 
So we are kind of safe because we've got our Beyond Humanity universe, and definitely uh, this is always the uh, always going to be our first um, and most important part of a day job, yeah, to make our own games. At the same time, we want to experiment with external companies. That's a lot of uh, experience for us as well. So in case of uh, IDW, they got everything based on licenses. So pretty much, I mean, those things that were selling well. So they've been kind of responsible for dealing with huge companies, especially with Konami. And without achieving certain milestones, I don't you know, uh, targets like sales numbers, figures, uh, this is getting <laughs> way more complicated. Suddenly it seems like uh, the business that we like, uh, because we love board games, we love tabletop gaming, uh, becomes real business, ruthless business. There are some stories probably hidden underneath. Looking at all of those documents, definitely I see that I do not see the second uh, second stage information hidden underneath. So, uh, but it's definitely there. I think, I think the thing that I find the most interesting about the whole IDW story is, you know, how the information got out there. Like, just, you know, dealing with the community that we've built from Beyond Humanity Colonies on a near daily basis. You know, we're in touch with them, Facebook, Discord, um, updates and all that. <clears throat> and uh, we love kind of being transparent. I think we've kind of set ourselves apart by, you know, if there's something bad, we tell everybody. Everybody's pretty supportive because you don't usually hear that stuff. But, you know, we try to couch it in some of the good news that's going to come out of it. But, you know, as you had said before, the information on IDW came out of somebody else taking a deeper look into a financials report. Like they didn't announce anything. They didn't, you know, say anything. They didn't like offer like a like a public message about it. And I think that's kind of like probably one of the signs that you can say in hindsight, like, oh, okay, perhaps maybe this wasn't as fully of invested of a team leading this division. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I mean, obviously also the fact that their IDW also does comics. So this is more like, this isn't them closing right. everything off. Yeah. That said, I will say just in general, they might've been like, we'll say this and then we'll do something later. We just, the communities that are around now are so good at sleuthing things out. Yeah. Like uh, uh, completely unrelated, but like there was like a small code change for the PS five. And someone's like, there's a new system and they changed the heat sink. Like <laughs> they found all of this. We, we, we are, oh. people are trolling well, the no, internet, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, but I mean like just finding like my, I just use this as a recent example. I heard, but like now, like when Hasbro does like, their regular reporter announcement, like all the fandoms are like sitting there listening in for code words to be like, I think that means we're getting another Titan figure released or this, or a movie's coming out. Like yeah. we are, we will listen to the, no, those reports like usually, Oh, they, they don't listen to, to the boring stuff. No, we care. Now we care about those details. <laughs> we will pick it apart. It is very weird. It's weird to me that they haven't said anything. And they also have I, at least one or two, I think, kickstarters that have been funded already that like maybe haven't been shipped and they haven't as far as we know those are still on track to be delivered but like nowhere have they said anything about this <laughs> so yeah exactly even all the on the page everything looks pretty much 
they as business usual, as usual. Yeah, 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 business as usual. It looks like uh, they've got new products. They are promoting those products. Uh, there's no information uh, in about section that anything changed in IDW games. Also, there's IDW publishing, which has got like a new section. There's no word about it. So yeah, yeah, that's pretty much. As I said, something beneath is probably terribly wrong. I don't know if nobody's there, like empty offices. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't well, know. I mean, everyone's working from home, so. Right. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Who knows if we find out in a, in a week that, oh, that meant something else and actually we're not closing it. But based on just the way things seem to be going, it, it's not terribly surprising to me, unfortunately, from the news of all these different cancellations of games they had coming out. And um, we'll, we'll see what happens to some of those licenses. I know the designer, they had an upcoming lock and key game. And uh, he was saying that he maybe will shop that design around. The license is gone. Uh, the same thing happened with someone else who had pitched a Bomberman game. And that was that had been canceled. Hmm. Uh, so some of these things may find different life at different places under different licenses. Uh, but who knows? But it, it does. Uh, I, yes. I went to the Kickstarter for Batman animated series, and they actually seem to have commented about this. IDW oh, did? really? Yeah. Apparently, someone's quoting and said, IDW games will continue on through the end of 2021, and all orders for Batman the Animated Series will be fulfilled. Oh, so, that's interesting. But that's in the uh, the comments. That's in was, the comment was, section, not an update. Yeah, because I was looking in the updates. <laughs> oh, I was boy. like, why is there not an update? Okay. Yeah, well, that's why I, I saw people saying, like, uh, thanks for uh, swaying our fears. I'm like, oh, surely they said it in an update. And yeah. the last update was the 18th. <clears throat> so right. I'm like, oh, maybe Will, at the same time, think of it. Uh, that's a part of a uh, corporate world. Uh, and you've got IDW Entertainment, which has got Lock and Key with, uh, on Netflix, the Gently's uh, Holistic uh, Detective Agency, and a couple of different strong IPs. And probably there's real money over there. So as I said before, suddenly somebody just checked spreadsheet and they are looking at board games section, uh, like last page of the report. and nah let's close it yeah that, i mean i th i do think that's what it is i think some of these they might not even know like whoever's updating their twitter <laughs> account maybe they didn't even tell him yet <laughs> <laughs> i hope uh, that he won't be listening to this podcast first <laughs> <laughs> rough way to hate to break the news to you wait what happened to my job <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it does seem like you know this is the like the third uh publisher closing i think we've talked about since starting our podcast 20 episodes ago uh it does seem like uh, while you know the pandemic for some companies has been pretty good you know board game sales were up even in some cases i don't know if it's just that as a factor but there's i don't know we're seeing some kind of scary things happening right now uh, we are but i mean as stated earlier, i do think partially because idw is in a lot more pies they're not just a board game company they looked at the they looked at their excel sheet and yeah. <laughs> done well it was what tasty minstrel was like two weeks ago right so you know right yeah i don't know i think there's there's something going on too there's a lot of factors of course but. i i i do wonder now if like you said if we are going to see all these games that were canceled or not get picked up by other people because like i said for example metal gear one i actually thought that was really great again that's also konami which well, is another it's, weird. It's going to be picked up, but it's not going to be called Metal Gear. But, you know, that's I think those those deals are gone. Uh, another yeah. crazy company. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Konami has got long, <laughs> long story behind of being one of the craziest companies. We in... will see it again in a pachinko machine. <laughs> I don't know how, but that's how that it's going to happen. I can, I can live with that. Uh, well, we'll find out. We'll see as this develops if they actually, if and when they make an official announcement. But that's what's going on with IDW. Now, uh, speaking of licensed games, see, talking about the segues, there's there's a segue for you. Speaking there's a of segue licensed, for everything. That's right. Uh, our Renegade Game Studios does a fair number of licenses, and they had previously announced that they were coming out with role-playing games based on Transformers and G.I. Joe, and they just also announced the Power Rangers role-playing game. So, you know, they've got the they've got the Hasbro trifecta covered here. And initially, these games were going to use uh, kind of a, a version of just the 5E system. And they have since then decided that they are going to uh, go with this new system that they're calling Essence 20. And they've announced Essence 20. The Basically, the core mechanic of it is you get a D20 to roll to meet a certain number when you're making a check in the game. And of course, uh, you have some kind of a special skill. And in this case, those are represented by different types of dice. So the better you are in that skill, you might get a D4, a D6, etc. You'll get better dice to roll extra. And that's sort of like your, your bonus score ability that you add on to your initial number. And there's some more details about it. They talk more about the the Power Rangers game and uh, you know the different character creation tools that are going to be available. Also, the fact that it's gonna there's a version you can buy, which is just six copies of the core rulebook, but each one is a different color for each I was, ranger. I was just looking at the photo. It's just the same book over and over again. Huh? <laughs> yes, it's the same book, <laughs> but if you have six friends, you each get a copy, and you're committed to that ranger color. Uh, I guess, I mean, that's, it's cool if you're that group, <laughs> I don't know how many of those groups exist. Man, I got I one important question. <laughs> do you need, do you need six, six players in one game muscle for Power Rangers? Always? I do not believe that you do. I don't know if they've said, <laughs> I don't think I could see a player count requirement, but I would be surprised if you needed six. <laughs> I would, I would love to do um, a session as alpha and just have all the Rangers as NPCs. <laughs> roll for roll for panic i'm panicking is, uh, <laughs> I, I will say they're like they had a, a live stream had a, a dmn5 so i don't okay. think you need six and i go. mean if it if, if we're being true to rangers you should be also allowed to just have a team of three they've got <laughs> teams have gone down lows three and we should be true to rangers uh, uh Casey, are you a, are you a fan of any of these uh, you know, properties? What do you think about this? You know, system? I got I got to say, um, when Power Rangers first came out, I believe I was in middle school. I'm sorry, when it came out to America here, um, and I was on one hand so offended as a young pubescent teen boy, like oh, that's such a kid thing. I couldn't help but watch it. And when we had that week of just the Green Ranger tearing the original Rangers apart, I was hooked. I couldn't wait to get home. So I'm actually, I'm actually extremely curious. Um, I've in the past been a huge tabletop RPG guy, uh, mostly like White Wolf, but um, I, I can only see myself diving into this a little, little too deeply for the actual time I have available in the day. 
I'm, I'm interested. I, to see I feel how like that works out. for all RPGs. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I do have to wonder. I'd love to see some of the playthrough stuff because I mean, you're talking about a property here that I think is what we could all agree is pretty wash and repeat monster of the week. It's say hey, here's the same solution to every problem day after day, week after week. And I'm curious as to what sort of like thematic or narrative elements they're putting in there. That could be really interesting. It sounds like it has a, a pretty strong focus on your character's backgrounds uh, and things like that. Um, well, what about you, Max? Uh, any of these appeal to you? Are you much of a role player? I mean, Renegade Game Studios is responsible for Vampire, uh, which is one of my most favorite uh, RPG systems, especially with the setting that they presented. Oh my god, you're right. Renegade yes. bought Vampire or White. Yes. I, I keep forgetting yes. that. <laughs> so, That's right. Okay, well now so, now I'm more excited because that was that was that was my poison of choice in, I in high school. I couldn't I couldn't be excited about Power Rangers and G.A. Joe and Transformers for God's sake, changing into a car or fridge. I no, no, no. <laughs> Definitely for RPG I need something deep that will be more about role playing than being a dungeon and crawler or how to call it in this case i don't know six person robot machine yeah i don't know (laughs) (laughs) so from my point of view vampire is a beautiful uh, product which is showing how nature uh, role playing should look like uh, like the the background story, uh, the whole world and scenarios that you may create in this in this beautiful environment and meaningful stories. And looking at those licenses, I'm not sure if those will be meaningful. This will be like rather for younger, probably for younger players. In my humble opinion, yeah, maybe you know, I I'm curious though if they got any of their kind of like coterie of writers to go onto these because. I've since gone out thanks to the internet and made friends with a lot of like the really influential people from vampire uh, just to make, you know, online friendships with them because their influence in my life was so huge. And I think they could bring a lot of stuff to it. Just, it, you know, I guess it depends on how much resources they're pointing to this, but in a pure bout of unrelenting ADHD, just because there is another vampire enjoyer here, uh, have you heard that they've picked up a movie deal and are bringing the world of darkness, specifically vampire to the big screen? Whoa. Yeah, yeah I know. Well, there, was a, aware of that. Yeah. there was a mini series in the nineties, which was uh, for some of like the really excited people, like both good and bad. Cause it was obviously a bit cringe and I have, Oh my God. It's what it was terrible. But the story <laughs> story, yeah. was, story, story was, was really good. Yeah. I've, I've, I've I've been doing a lot of internet stalking to try to convince people that they are not allowed to make this movie unless I am involved in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> <laughs> with with a day job as a filmmaker, I feel compelled to tell them like I have to read the script, I have to approve it, and then you can make it. And I'm I'm still trying to find the words to actually convince anybody of it. But <laughs> we're we'll try to put the word out for you. We're gonna. I'm I'm sure they're listening right now. They're like, oh. That's what we needed. We were waiting. Like everything seemed okay, but we need yeah. to call this guy on the internet. I 100% that is what's going to happen. Um, yeah, as far as uh, the uh, kind of audience of these games, I imagine that they will be 
certainly accessible. I think that's the, if you're not D&D or Pathfinder or maybe it's like an indie RPG, and especially if you're a licensed RPG, I think the name of the game is like make it so that new players can learn this easily, uh, regardless of what age you are. Now, but I, I, now it sounds like, Will, did you actually watch any of the stream that they did? Have you seen the game in action? I, I, I did not. They were actually playing it, I think, during when I was streaming last night, um, uh. the Alien game. So, but I, the one little bit I did go in before I had to get to some other stuff was like, they weren't talking about like, I'm going to do throw a punch. They're talking about like, all right, there are multiple clubs for you to join and like, oh, I'll join the gymnastics. Club. Like, it seems like there's going to be <laughs> at least for the power Rangers one they're doing, mm -hmm. uh, like a lot more, you gotta, you can't just be the hero in the spandex. You gotta worry about your, your regular <laughs> life. I like that. I and, like that. Well, and then, and of course, I think the big thing to always realize with RPGs, and which can be seen, I think, especially with um, Transformers, is if you don't look at beyond like what's the most general movie coming out, you could do some really like interesting plot stories too. Like, uh, for example, Transformers: The Lost Light comics go into completely different traits. Megatron swears off violence in it. Oh, uh, really? And yeah. And <laughs> there's a whole bunch of other weird relationships that are heartbreaking. But as long as like that would be the big thing I'd want to see with these is like making sure you have that option to really not have to be near, near canon. Like I was a little worried when I saw the screen showing only this is just for the Power Rangers because I think that's all we have products for. But like, um, only everything from the first, like the first <laughs> this is, team. This is your complaint about every Power well, Rangers no, product. Yes, but like then it said, like Gun for Punishment doesn't show the original team. Like it shows people obviously wearing red, pink, yellow, but they're not the guys from the show. So as long as you can, the more you can mold it to your own universe, uh -huh, the better uh -huh. they can be. And I think we'll, that will be what uh, how you decide if these are good or not. Will you? I'm hundred percent with you. Uh, but at the same time, I'm aware of Altered Carbon that Renegade made a while ago. And believe it or not, it's like a dungeon crawler hidden underneath an RPG book. So that's why I'm uh, I'm not yeah. so enthusiastic about uh, Power Rangers, G.I. Joe, and Transformers in this case, because it seems like they are giving you mechanics to... to, to, to you know, kill the monsters, yeah, in this case. And that's the biggest issue, in my humble opinion, with with RPG uh, environment right now. So D&D became ma mainstream right now. It, it's literally everywhere. And suddenly I don't see, like, ambitious uh, game masters that are trying to tell really involving and interesting stories and not to make it like a... Diablo without PC, yeah, in this case. Mm. Mm. I yeah. mean, yeah, I, I haven't gotten my hands on it, so I can't say for certain, but it could be one of those things. Sometimes it's just like if you're, it's your, if you're a fan, that's all you, you, you needed. A little sad that I didn't see anything from the original Power Rangers when they actually, I don't think it was an official role playing game, but they had, it was, I think, Hyperforce was the name where they had people. Uh, doing yeah, that. exactly. And I'm not seeing any, I, like, I would have wished that they should have, like, since that was the original tactical RPG for Power Rangers. Hmm. But. Interesting. Maybe I they're it, saving that for, an, a, 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 like, a story or a book. I, I found it interesting in the, this was in a press email they sent to us. I don't know if it's on their site. 
uh, it says, while we originally announced these RPGs would be using the fifth edition open game license, it became clear that a custom system would allow fans to take better advantage of these unique worlds. But they're using the same system for three, to my mind, very different properties, <laughs> like Power Rangers, G.I. Joe and Transformers. Uh, like usually I like when, you know, you, I think an RPG or is great when you custom, you really tailor the system to a license. And I feel like I guess I, maybe Transformers and Power Rangers have some overlap. I mean, they all have teams, I guess, <laughs> kind of. They all have overlap. And though, I don't think Rangers has crossed over with G.I. Joe and Transformers yet. Um, like I just meant like comic. a total but overlap from what I can tell it's this. I mean, this is maybe not a, a, a positive, but it seems easier, right? Like you're not just rolling a D 20, you're rolling two dice, right? But I don't know how <laughs> Oh, easier, like is. actually easier to succeed. Yes. Also, you, you know, you have strength, speed, smarts, and social. Meanwhile, in D and D, how many times have we discussed what a certain, social interaction would fall under like is this deception right. is this intimidation so i think that's simplified yeah i think that's oh i see that in a lot of mainstream rpgs nowadays that aren't again D. &D. i feel like that is the thing especially because i think they know if you're playing this there's a good chance you play something else so why you don't want to have to learn another 200 page book <laughs> Yes, but I, I mean, as you said, D and D is like the most popular thing now. So if you just use the D and D license, that's just a hop, skip, and a jump. Then maybe, but 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 there's a lot of people out there who probably like Transformers who've never played D and D. That's yeah. so I don't know, but I, I'm curious about the GI Joe game because <laughs> that's the one I'm most worried about. It's such like, a well, I'm, you can I get too real. I'm not. Yeah, that's what I don't understand. Like, it's a kid friendly property, but like, are you going to be murdering people in that game? Like, are you? No, like, no, no. You have lasers. It's okay. Everybody is a robot. <laughs> They're all robots. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, that's that's the one. When I was looking at it, just you know, um, again, I work with Max a lot on story for Beyond Humanity. We try to make it interesting beyond just the game itself. And so when I look at G.I. Joe, I'm like, holy smokes, like so much opportunity to like, you know, do some big narrative thematic stuff there. But at the same time, I'm a little I'm a little worried from like my more mature parent side where I'm just like, are we still glorifying war and violence? Like, is this the best thing for us? And I know it's entertaining. I was entertained by it my whole life. But. Yeah, I just I'm so I'm so mixed on that one. I'm I'm excited. And on the other hand, I'm just like, but should I be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those things. There's that's yes, that certainly is a whole other discussion. Uh, but but yeah, by the way, I just looked at the on their pre-order site. Power Rangers says number of players one to four. I don't know if that's correct, accurate or not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's just a placeholder or something like that. Uh, but that, we'll find out. Yeah, might be just a copy paste thing. Right. It seems, especially since they said they had five players in the stream. I don't know. But uh, these, I, I think, are all going to be released uh, later this year. Uh, but we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're staggering them differently than that. We'll see as they as they come if we get the chance to try them out. How people react to them. Uh, now, uh, let's move on to now the board games in this case are being licensed out to other mediums rather which than I, the other way around, which I love. That's amazing. 
Oh, well, good. I'm glad that you love it. And you're going to tell me why in a second. Uh, so Source Point Press is a comics publisher who uh, people might remember uh, because they recently did a Gloomhaven comic, which was a one shot. I'm not sure if they've announced if they picked up any more of those, but uh, so they have some history here. Now they have a licensing partnership with Asmo Day, and we're going to see new comics based on three of Asmo Day's titles, those being Pandemic, Mysterium, and Legend of the Five Rings. So three very different settings. Uh, we don't have, I don't think, any other information about who is going to be writing or uh, illustrating these comics or what the premise is going to be. There's no art or anything. Just the announcement that these exist. So, Casey, why are you excited for these comics? Well, I mean, it's the same thing that we were talking about before, but just in reverse. We're taking something that's very fun to unfortunately a relatively niche market and bringing it to a different market and that's always you know that's exciting because that builds value for you know those publishers that ip and it just gives people who become fans of something new ways to enjoy it um you know when i think of asmodee i believe at the bottom of that press release it mentions uh some of the other titles that they have which i'm sure max is pretty unhappy that Star Wars X-Wing isn't going to be part of these comics, but I'm sure LucasArts and all that's just going to make that way more difficult. There's yeah, a lot there's, of I think I have some actual X comics called X-Wing, <laughs> not related to the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, that's it's just a, it's an exciting thing because I, I'm sure you guys all have something that you've latched onto, which you only had available in, you know, let's say serial or book or comic book or, you know, toy form and then all of a sudden a cartoon show comes out or vice versa like just it's allowing you to kind of delve into that revelry and excitement even more um metaverse and then, yeah it just yeah creates a larger metaverse i believe there's a term that's either falling out of favor or coming into vogue but uh transmedia where you have you know a enjoyable property and you have many different ways of consuming it now you might have people that consume all versions or you just have the overlap where those people appreciate it in this one particular medium but uh it's exciting and you know not to constantly bring things back to ourselves, but it's something we've also been exploring with novels um so i mean it's it's an enjoyable way because you know like like this, most board gamers, I would assume, are probably fans of fiction in some way or another. Um, I know that I have a pretty diverse library of books and audiobooks that I've consumed, and you know, finding more ways to enjoy something is now you always feel clever, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what about you guys? I mean, there has to have been something that you were pretty excited about back in the day, and you find a comic book in the store or something just kind of makes your day, right? For sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, video games and board games are, pro are probably the biggest ones for me of, Oh, that movie I love has a game I can play now. Yeah. I'm in, I'm into that. Uh, so this is uh, in reverse is, is pretty interesting. I mean, any talking about again, any kind of comic book spinoff star Wars, we said any of those things and the Gloomhaven comic that we read from them, I think was pretty good. I think uh, both will and I enjoyed it. Uh, so there's definitely uh, room to make that work. I think the question is, it, it, what's interesting to me is the three that they chose out of a very wide range yeah. of IPs that they have. Well, I, you know, I wonder if it's, you know, because of 
uh, the the other the other companies involved, like you know Catan. That's a huge property, but you know, I think it's still family run for the most part. Correct. Uh, I yeah, I don't know how far the I have no idea how far Asmodee's hooks dig at this <laughs> yeah. point. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. The the one I'm curious about though is Mysterium because I actually just picked that up last month at a uh, at a thrift store for four dollars. And, um, you know, rave reviews from everybody who I showed it to, and uh, I have still need to find time to play it. But I have a hard time, you know, with the amount of knowledge I have on it, where that goes as far as a comic. Unless they're just, this is the setting, this is the world, now we're building new characters and new stories that take place inside. So I can actually sort of comment on that because the Mysterium digital version had a single player mode, which had a story. Oh, and I mean, it was very simple. You know, this is nothing too crazy, but I thought it worked. So there's totally like that's why I read. I'm like, OK, yeah, it's already been done. So I've seen this happen. Um, I I personally just assume Asmodee is like, all right, Pandemic Mysterium are very lower level entry, more closer to entry level games that people can enjoy. And that way they're more likely to jump to it. So we want those two. You can get one more of our bigger universes. And they're like, uh, we'll go with five rings. That is the Samurai's, right? I'm not mixing that up with. Yes, but it's also it's okay. interesting they chose that because they recently discontinued the Legend of the Five Rings card game. They don't currently have a game tying in to that series. Wait for it. <laughs> Wait for it. It's like yeah. they right now they are building the fundament for, for the future. Believe me, it's like that's longer plan. And definitely when you look at the history of, uh, let's say, Star Wars, it started with movies. Afterwards, you've got uh, toys. After toys, you've got also different games, very strong uh, franchise of the computer games and video games as well, uh, board games, uh, Fantasy Flight games, uh, you know, Legion and uh, X-Wing. So that's a dream come true type of a situation that you've got such a huge world that you may consume it in so many different ways. Uh, like you, you've liked comic book, just watch the movie. You've liked movie, just watch the miniseries, buy the game. You've liked this game, so buy the second game, which is completely different, but it's settled in the very same world. So in my humble opinion, Legend of the Five Rings will be the strongest fundament for building this kind of a transmedia approach. Uh, yeah, I, I the, definitely agree with that. I I think pandemic and and uh, wow, Mysterium. Uh, my brain just Mysterium. Thank you. Are like they're going to connect, but because of the world of Five Rings, it will be able to to hit those other different mediums. That's it. I do wish. I and I know they're they haven't done anything with this in a long time. I would love an, an Android. To get some love. Oh yes, definitely. Yeah, a, a pandemic is also weird to me because I mean, it's kind of a touchy subject to name a comic line pandemic. <laughs> uh, well, no, they might not call it pandemic. Do they say they're calling it that? Or might no, be but like... why wouldn't they? I mean, if you're gonna use the license, you might yeah. as well use it, right? I don't know. It's like, is it? What's that? Is that maybe? I don't know. Maybe more people will want to read it, but I'm like, I don't even really want to play pandemic right now I, yeah i've got <laughs> enough pandemic in my real life right now <laughs> uh, you know what i'm a i'm a 
brutal family member. I've forced my family to play Pandemic quite a bit this last few years. <laughs> <laughs> that I, or I think it was uh, March or uh, April of last year. Um, the whole family was huddling inside the apartment. I said, okay, guys, I've got the next three movie nights planned. We're watching Contagion. We're watching Outbreak. We're watching 28 <laughs> Days Later. I've done exactly the same thing. It, it only got more and more real. My son was like, please, Dad, I can't. No more. <laughs> So, okay okay here's a board uh, game uh, well you know that's, the, yeah the, i was just gonna say sorry uh, the one oh. that i find the most interesting is an admission of course like i believe it's majority owned by a uh, cool mini or not but i know asmodee has their hooks in it in some way i can't believe they didn't maybe try to see if they could make it work with zombicide uh i believe there are zombicide comics are there, there are, yeah, yeah are. there were books made i got the, the oh game with gosh. game promos i got that for um rising sun and uh the cthulhu, cthulhu death may die i always yeah that mm-hmm. title that's the title yeah so i think somewhere somebody did make those <laughs> i guess uh, i'm just late to the party <laughs> yeah well there's it's there's a lot of potential properties there and maybe if these are successful it also it sounds like they're going to be one shots too i don't see anything that makes it sound like these are going to be ongoing series but maybe if they sell really well yes exactly when those will yeah. be successful this will be a series they are publishing three different completely different uh, uh on three three completely different angles look at this they've got uh so many uh, different opportunities to attract different type of uh customer into the different worlds so thanks to that they will see which one is hitting uh hitting proper target uh making proper sales and afterwards you will never know when it will be holding uh you know the book number 121 <laughs> from <laughs> pandemic comics yeah yeah it could it could happen we could be living in that world. No release dates for these just yet. We'll wait and see what they announce. Uh, finally, for the news roundup, a couple of just very stupid stories that I think are funny <laughs> to talk about. Uh, we've got now board games not just becoming comics, but also entering the worlds of food and drink. So first, there is this uh, company. Uh, they have the Champion Beverage Club, uh, which is, I guess, run by a company called Table 22. This is an online thing you can sign up for that's like a monthly delivery of different types of beers and for 50 you can sign up for 50 dollars a month and they have a new partnership with Catan where they have a line of Catan themed beers specifically themed around the different biomes so there's a wheat beer meant to represent the fields a rye beer that represents the pastures etc and they're going to be delivered to you over the course of a year. I'm not sure if there's going to be, I think there's other beers mixed in. So it sounds like there would only be six. Um, so maybe you get one every other month, but I think they haven't announced all of them yet. Uh, and then the other thing is uh, this, this made a big buzz recently, you know, the uh, fast food restaurant Arby's. Well, they of course decided that they should start making Dungeons and Dragons dice sets. So on their website, they have, they were selling, they're currently sold out, but they were selling a set of dice, uh, where in place of whatever the highest number was on each die was an Arby's logo, uh, and called them D and D dice, which I guess is, uh, legally they can say D and D. I'm not sure if they have an actual partnership with Dungeons and Dragons. There's nothing that indicates they do. 
anybody, anybody who wants to jump in here, anyone excited about Catan beer or Arby's dice? Well, you know, you can tell that the Arby's dice were designed by Arby's because they're taking the top spot for their logo rather than a botch. <laughs> yes, the, the critical miss should really be the Arby's logo. <laughs> Beat not and to immediately just, flush that potential sponsorship down the drain, but yeah. And but and just to, you know, cover my bases, I actually do like Arby's <laughs> quite frequently. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I know there's a popular culture of dissing on it, so I um, not a huge fan. Of, I've never eaten there, but they've always never looked appealing to me. I have seen their social media, which is crazy. That also said, I also can't throw any shade because if Taco Bell made dice, I would have bought some. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you know, I you know, I'm glad you mentioned their social media because it's something I've seen over the last I want to say like four or five years. I've at least taken notice of it that they've just decided to go this really strange way with some of their advertising and doing like art like pop culture anime comic based art with you know catch up on tables you know pieces yeah, like of the cutting rappers. out of like yeah and yeah, i'm just, like yeah how are they so ner- who's who's running this because they just hired like the biggest nerd <laughs> yeah i love it it's so great so i i when i saw this it was and just i say that with all the love yeah <laughs> Well, the thing uh, is, they're not nerds anymore. That's just everybody now. <laughs> we've we've really popularized it. It's become quite the thing. Like, if you're not a nerd, then what are you doing with your life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Max, uh, you want to drink a which which Catan beer sounds the most delicious to you? That's my question. I, I'm not a huge fan of Catan, I may say, but I'm trying to find right now which but you beer do like beer. that they've seen. <laughs> yeah. And my favorite one is Corona, so that's kind of <laughs> uh, during those days uh, a bit difficult thing for me. Uh, yeah, but I have seen Witcher beer and White Wolf mm. as well a beer uh, over here in Poland. So definitely, th- this is something uh, a bit bigger than just uh, Catan being uh, showed off. I mean, I always wanted to, to have my own energy drink uh, made. Really? Yeah, made, <laughs> made based on the drink from Beyond Humanity Universe. So uh, we'll see. Maybe Gen Con 2024, something like that, will have a special fridge full of special type of uh, not Red Bulls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. Uh, that reminds me, I had a uh, a king in yellow energy drink a while back. Really? Oh yeah. Oh, oh wait. Yeah. Oh, who? What now? King um, in yellow for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> I I barely. I think I'm already too insane for it to affect me, and that's the only reason why I'm still here. But <laughs> that was part I, of a Kickstarter, right? It was from. Yeah, the- it was a limited thing, but I would totally get some board game energy drinks. Also, that I can just buy one at a time, not fifty dollars a month. That's a little. <laughs> Yeah, is, this it, is, a is it fifty dollars a yeah. month or is it fifty dollars for uh, the it, the annual? Oh my gosh! I got no, no, it's fifty a month, and you are getting twenty four beers for it. I mean, you're getting that's a, a lot well, of beer. But like, I would want to buy one first. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm a little disappointed that I mean they do say and more. They've got to have something that's like a dry beer for the desert. Or yeah, dry ale. I'm, I'm like the fact that wasn't listed there. That seems to be like such an easy like, but besides a wheat beer. You couldn't get much easier than that. Empty bottle. Zero <laughs> percent. Completely safe. You may drive. 
<laughs> They're alcohol free is the thief. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Or it's yeah. just an empty box. <laughs> You've been barren. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's weird. And I wonder if uh, it's I don't know if Arby's will actually restock these dice or if it was just a one time gimmick. But, uh, you know, it, it's kind of cool to see, as always, just the little ways that gaming culture kind of permeates other areas more and more, it seems. Oh, my God. Uh, so Sort of off. But did you see, I don't know, Jonathan, the like the Taco Bell commercial that made like a whole anime like, oh yeah video. that was from a while back yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah just yeah no the, the all these companies are just like just go all in make it so they just love us no matter what <laughs> and it's working well it's you, you know, know the people that who are doing these things now are are us like that's what you know <laughs> the people it's it, for us it's like this is weird because when we were kids you know you didn't see any of the stuff we liked represented in popular culture that's true, but some of the commercials back then, like I watched this old compilation of Jack and the Boss commercials. <laughs> you did, <laughs> yeah. Like so, I saw. I just watched, like, was putting it on, just put. And he like knocks on a guy's door and says, "Like, you said oh, something bad about my food." You're and the guy runs up and like tackles him, like, "Eat my burger and just tell me what you think." Oh, <laughs> uh, what? Yeah, you, know, you said Jack in the Box. I thought you meant the toy. I didn't. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! I meant the the fast food chain. I was like, I mean, that's still weird till you watch that, but slightly less so. And then he does like a whole thing of like McDonald's Burger King, call me. Here's my number. And it looks like it's a real number. It didn't say five, five, five. We don't need to run through the Jack in the Box commercials. Uh, (laughs) There's a there's a great library of them. The Jack in the Box commercials were pretty fantastic. (laughs) But I am I am just now hearing about the uh, Nacho Fries Fry Force anime from Taco Bell. So I'm all in. I want that RPG. Mm -hmm. Renegade. It looks or I, I guess now, uh, who does the Taco Bell <laughs> game? Not Renegade. Um, Robinsberger? Robinsberger. Let's get that RPG going. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, we had the Burger King video game, so, you know, <laughs> these things could happen. All right. So that's our news for the week. There is a lot of good stuff to talk about. But now we're going to keep the show moving as we get into Kickstarter Pickstarter. Oh, this one looks uh, nice. It's nice. It's nice. this one? Kickstarter Pickstarter. That's right. Each one of us is going to talk about something on Kickstarter. Maybe it's a new project this week or just something that uh, you've backed or some kind of crowdfunding project you want to discuss. Uh, Max, why don't we start with you? Is there, is there something that you have chosen that you're excited about right now in the crowdfunding world? And it, oh. it could could be could be your own if, if you want it to be. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh that's a mixed bag, but I will start with Mythic Mischief because, uh, uh-huh. first of all, that isn't on Kickstarter. That's on GameFound, it which sure is interesting, is. Uh, especially that I see more and more companies uh, hitting GameFound and trying out uh, like a more specialized environment to, to present the products to the board game industry, not the players that are playing the games, not like random guys just visiting the page. Oh, that isn't a beautiful thing that I will have on my table uh, <laughs> because they, they wanted to buy like a uh, like something fancy looking not uh, complicated and I'm completely lost in case of this one campaign because looking at it I kind of like everything that I see starting from you know visuals it looks great that the page is gorgeous I would Love to say that this is one of the very best uh, campaign uh, pages that I ever seen, but I've wow. got 
huge problem with saying exactly what kind of a uh, target they are aiming at. Like, am I proper type of a gamer to, to have it in my library? That's the biggest issue because according to the visuals, uh, it's beautiful. I would like just to have it, just to open it, unpack it, you know, punch the boards and see all of those bits and pieces inside. But I don't see like the 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 those information that would like that would make me more and more interested in the gameplay behind it. And they've got a lot of good pictures showing the the, the gameplay uh, bits and pieces on the table. Like you see that th- this is a board game. They've uh, properly explained all of the rewards that you see on the page, etc. But I would like to see description and definitely i would like to see more and more uh videos uh made by other other guys not not like just like a one quote from quackalope that they asked for the prototype back i said no five five yeah this <laughs> this isn't enough for me i'm not a hardcore player i assume that i i'm rather playing a lot of different games just enjoying those i'm not min maxing Okay, I'm lying right now, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but still, uh, I prefer to have a game that I'll be enjoying, not while unboxing it, but also after I don't know two or three months uh, getting it uh, on the on the table. And I can cannot say if this game is something like this. Is it for me or not? Yeah, so I'll, I'll do my best to try because I, I, of course, I looked at this one too. I'll try and uh, sum up for anyone listening who hasn't hasn't seen it. But uh, uh, Mythic Mischiefs, the idea is you're all different groups of students in a kind of a fantasy magical school, and you're competing to just like be the best people at the school. Like you want to take over the library for some reason, <laughs> and uh, you can like move people, other people around, and you're trying to knock people into this tome master so they get caught. Uh, and you get a point for doing that. You're trying to get to 10 points first. And everybody's also asymmetric. So everybody in every group has their own kinds of actions and abilities they can take. And I agree with you. It looks really cool, but it definitely, I had to kind of dig a little bit before I really got a sense of what exactly the game is. And it's interesting. They refer to it a couple of times, I think, as almost like an abstract style game, although it exactly. also seems to be very thematic. Yeah, yeah. It, it it looks like a very good design, and I assume that it may have really good uh, mechanics underneath. But shooting at me just a couple of different sentences about uh, that you will be having a asymmetrical type of a, a strategy uh, gameplay involved in it. You've got yeah, like uh, unique uh, factions that you, that you are uh, controlling. And you've got replayability. Uh, those are just catchy pass phrases. I want to see some proof and eventually just make my own mind looking at guys playing it. Like in case of a roll for crit, you could hey. visit the YouTube. Yeah, those see guys. Them. yeah. <laughs> see those guys playing the game. And this is something that I would like to see on top of the page, like short description, what kind of experience is it is going to deliver. In this case, I see that it's delivering beautiful uh, box and components, yeah? But besides of that, I would like to, to, to learn more about the experience itself. Yeah, I'm looking at the page, and they do have... Um... 
they've got like Tantrum House, uh, Our Family Plays Games, Rado. They've got some uh, preview videos up here from various channels, but you have to, they're like, I had to scroll down yes. a lot. That, <laughs> yeah. that, that's the biggest issue with it. That, that's my problem. That if they would present like, I don't know, each day they would change one video to another, like on top of the page. So mm. definitely when you are hitting this page and you, you want to learn, and we haven't got a lot of time, that's crowdfunding. Definitely, you've got like 60 seconds to uh, to learn people about your product. And they've got like freaking book written all over the, the, the GameFound page. It's I'm scrolling and scrolling down. I, I've seen it. I'm trying to learn from the best. And definitely, this is beautiful page. They've created beautiful campaign. But I'm getting easily uh, confused and lost on this page. And because of that, I'm changing my reward. Oh, wow. oh, <laughs> well, you know what's funny is I'm I'm sitting here looking at like okay now I need to make my own personal account so I can back it because I'm <laughs> I'm a <laughs> I'm easily swayed by graphics and what we could call just like an avalanche of information. Like as I look at it, I'm just like, wow, this is really great. I actually have no clue what the uh, mechanics are other than just like their animated right. gifs, and I'm just like, cool, I'm in. So <laughs> different strokes. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Don't be sorry for God's sake. It's all about, you know, having different point of points of view. And that's a beauty of it because right now I'm under I understand how they are successful. Uh because you're showing me different point of view. Uh and definitely I I like I've backed it just as it is because i've watched it before i've been waiting for this campaign and the visual appeal of of this it's beautiful definitely that's something that i would like just to have because of uh uh looks of it but guys your thoughts about it because you've seen probably gameplay and i'm eager to, to hear your thoughts about it i don't know will did you get a chance to look at this one um i i mean i put it out like when I open a bunch and I'm like, uh, maybe, but then I found some other ones that didn't, I guess because I got overloaded. I saw like too much stuff. I can't, I don't know what's going on. So, uh, I was like, maybe someone else. So I didn't really look too much into it. It's funny. Cause I, I mean, felt like this, I feel like this is the only, this is to me, this was the obvious big project. And I felt like there wasn't actually that much on Kickstarter this week. <laughs> I thought, this I mean, was yeah, the, I def definitely the big one, but there's still, I think just because something isn't big doesn't mean it's not good. To me, it does. You better be. <laughs> Uh, no, but this, this is certainly, I mean, my, my one last sticking point in this one. So the, uh, to, if you back this one on game found, it's $95 and that's from what they say, the retail price will be 139. I thought it, there's a pledge for 59. Yeah. Oh, is there? Oh, yeah. maybe I missed. Where is that? Mine was only yes. showing the $95 one. Pro the professor pledge 59 is just the base and ghosts. Oh, okay. Why is mine not showing? Mine just has like a featured. Pledge. I think it's the the featured one is the one they want you to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would have because I didn't know there were others. <laughs> uh, look at the pledge numbers. So uh, over fifteen hundred uh, headmaster salt and two other oh. like oh, there's more even back to school bundle as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Okay. Because I was gonna say like, man, I don't know that they sold me on a hundred dollar game looking at this, but sixty seems reasonable. Yeah, uh, that's like a starter package. Right. Got it. Yeah. So like, I, I do think it looks cool, but yeah, I'm kind of, I'm in kind of the same boat of like, I, you know, I don't know. It's hard to tell, <laughs> but, uh, 
it looks like it's on its way to success anyway. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all right, Casey. You... I, uh, sorry, just one more oh, thing that, oh, yeah, that bothered please. me a little. Yes. <laughs> it's all pictures. Uh, and the reason was because I want to be like, oh. hey, I want to check if there's some, and I do control F. <laughs> there's like nothing for me to, for it to find. I feel like that's so many Kickstarter campaigns, though. I think that's the standard these days. It, it is, but sometimes they still have like a little text somewhere, which at least, or at least the title, like, well, you do have that. Or... I do like on GameFound how they have like the table of contents on the side. That's, yeah, is, that's game phone. But that that's is awesome. a lot of things. I'm like, yeah. Why do they need that many? <laughs> All right. So, Casey, what do you have a pick this week? You know, I do, but it's kind of unfortunate with the timing of this because they've already concluded. Um, but the one that I was most excited about this month was Never Ending Dungeon over on Kickstarter. Yay. Hey, there's always uh, there's always late pledges and later releases, right? <laughs> yeah, one would hope. I mean, especially something with this. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it but um it's a uh, kind of what i would call like a uh, a dm savior thing if you're obviously not board game specific but um i imagine there's a good crossover for tabletop players but just you know anything that can help a dm you know kind of create you know campaign and assets you know depending on of course how big they're getting into it uh i think all that stuff's really fantastic and they had some really clever ideas in there, like, you know, trying to bring in a, uh, a television to use as a play surface to even further optional. use it. It's optional. I mean, it's an idea. I've, I've seen it done before, so I don't know. So that's something I got really excited about because I'm sure like the rest of us, I'm extremely busy throughout each and every day. And, you know, whenever it comes time to, hey, let's uh, let's get our group together for a game. Oh boy, what to do, how to do it. Um, and rather than rush, rather than try to slap something together, something that can kind of help me create, you know, dungeons or maps a lot faster, a lot easier. Casey, I need to add this. I love the, the approach, uh, the approach because you've got like physical elements, like uh, tiles that oh, can be used yeah. to, to build uh, environment for, for your players. At the same time, you may use app, you may use Roll20, you may use different platforms. Uh, yeah, but you've got board, like I think. W- one tool to incorporate all of these into like uh, one simple environment in which you may easily create uh, adventures for, for your players. So yeah. that's yeah. super cool. Yeah. I don't know. Did you guys happen to catch wind of that one while it was going? It, I think it just ended like a day or two ago. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do remember uh, looking at this one briefly and I, any, any kind of, uh, you know, dungeon building campaign aid uh, is campaign definitely aid, appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah and for me, especially. So. yeah and and this looks cool and i I imagine that even though it's finished because it's such a large component of it is digital probably it'll be it's more likely than other uh board game projects that there's a good chance you'll be able to get your hands on this when it's Mm -hmm. released and yeah i would i would i'll meet the guy responsible for this campaign this friday so (laughs) i'll ask him about it (laughs) (laughs) all right report back I'll let you know. Oh yeah, they're they're in Poland. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, so that is never ending dungeon. Uh, yeah, that looks 
yes, that's something that all all dungeon masters could use is less work to do for themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will, how about you? What you said you found something that's a maybe a smaller one, but a goodie. <laughs> uh, mine actually pairs pretty well with the idea of never ending dungeon, and it's oh. uh, the herbalist's primer. Oh. This is a a book designed to like bring different flowers and plants, real ones, into your campaign setting. And it's not just like, oh, here's a sunflower. They have like they show an example page that shows like here's different leaves. This is a stem. Like it looks like a biology book. Like just uh-huh. explaining all the stuff. And I just love that because it's a lot of little details can really make a world feel a lot more interesting and get people excited. And I mean, an obvious example, I know uh, in our own D&D campaign, one of our our, our members were was cursed with like a mushroom. The like mushrooms. I they had mushrooms growing out of them. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, and like, I could just imagine if you were someone who's a bit more, like maybe a druid or even just someone who, like an herbalist somehow, like, okay, what flowers are around here? And you could, and that could be a much more interesting path for you to go around outside of just all right, let's pay someone 50 gold to heal us. Uh, and as a little bonus, what I love, they add, I, I can't, I read, I found it earlier and I lost. Oh yes. Please note this book is not about healing with herbal medications. It does not include real medical advice and should never be considered such. Please do not <laughs> use the material for this. Uh, please use the material for this for fun and knowledge and leave the real world medication, medical applications to medical professionals. The author is not one. Not by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> Good note. Good note. In this, a, in, in this day and age, it's yeah. probably very important. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Sad, sad, but true. Yeah. And it's all like all of them are. It's not like they just made these plants up, right? They're based on like existing fictional mythical herbs and things. Well, I think it's like it's more of like how real plants may have been viewed in mythical place like some of them are like i've got i see the like mentioned mandragoras and well like they mentioned like a fern but like oh it was seen here as like a as a signpost or maybe how the greeks see these things so like which could inspire you to be like okay like in my world uh, like i'm gonna whenever i mention seeing yellow flowers maybe that's gonna be hint that this kind of creature's nearby or something so i think it's just an excellent way for you to really bring a that a little bit more color to your campaign. Yeah, no, it's really interesting. Guys, have you seen that uh, PhD in plant biology was involved in this project? So they've got some kind of a science background in it. Yeah, I mean, they really were covering every part about this. With a very large liability warning. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I, you know, it's it's funny that one. Um, I saw it so many times, um, and they did such a great job with the cover that I just naturally assumed it was an actual, herb, yeah. like herbal remedy thing. <laughs> so I skipped over it, and I kept wondering, I was like, why does this keep popping up in the like, the board games and game section? <laughs> and it wasn't until I finally clicked on it, like probably three days ago, and I was like, oh my gosh, what a what a dunce. So. <laughs> yeah it does look very official uh like it, it seems like a cool book even if you don't play rpgs if you're just interested in plants and mythical types of herbs and stuff a cool book to have on your shelf or a coffee table or something yeah i, I nearly purchased it for my grandmother before i figured it out <laughs> uh so that's the herbalist's primer which you can get a physical edition for 40 bucks or a digital version for 20 
And my pick this week, I am going to talk about this game called Republic of Jungle, <laughs> which is essentially, and they're not shy about this, it's right on the page, uh, the Resistance Avalon or Secret Hitler meets Jackbox Party Pack. So it is a social deduction game, just like you're familiar with if you've ever played any of them, I think, where you have two teams. In this case, the theme is that you are animal politicians and some of you are leakers leaking inside info to the press <laughs> and everyone else is loyal to the party <laughs> and uh, trying to protect President Puma, as it were. And the the gimmick of this is that like a Jackbox game, all the players are using their phones or perhaps a laptop, I think, their device uh, as their little personal tool that tells them what their role is and uh, how they can, you know, quote unquote, vote in the different missions you go on. They don't call it that, but I'm using resistance language. Uh, and then you're all looking at a central screen, probably a TV or a computer or something that will show you what's going on. And uh, I, I love the idea of this because I feel like there are so many things you can do with this digital uh, phone format that Jackbox really kind of pioneered and not too many other companies have tried to do it in the same way. And things like, for example, you might get powers in the game that will maybe let you see exactly how someone's voted throughout the early parts of the game which you you in real life to do that would require like some tedious amount of tracking, but with a digital component, you can have these interesting kind of things. And also I think it'll just probably a lot easier to keep your, your hidden information secret on your phone. It's not suspicious if you're reading about something or looking at a card for too long. Uh, in terms of the gameplay, other than like a couple of the roles and powers, it does sound really, really close to just the Resistance Avalon. Like, I don't know that there's that much to make it stand out from that game, but uh, I guess the theme is kind of fun in a different way. And I, I think the the app integration makes this one sound. I, I'm very, I'm very curious about it. Just, and I, I, I would like to see more games of, of this style come out. Yeah, no, this is actually looking really good. I, this one's escaped me. Um, and I'm kind of excited to see kind of the hybrid aspect to it because obviously with us, we're big oh, yeah. fans of that. And it's, it's, you know, it's a difficult thing to do because you see so many publishers that, you know, have great ideas that could really benefit from, you know, some complex digital engineering. But, you know, so many times they are people who are great at, you know, game design or mathematics or, you know, purely kind of analog issues and they will need to hire out and then you know transfer their ideas and visions to somebody who then has to make that real in the uh, digital space in the programming and you know i see a lot of companies struggling to get there because they're either trying to do it themselves learn and grow along the way or they're hiring people and there's just you know this big gap in you know vision and what's actually achievable um, so, you know, being able to support something like this seems pretty cool. And I honestly pretty affordable too. I kind of like this one. Yeah. 15 bucks, 15 bucks. And you get a, you'll get a PC key when it comes out, I think on steam. And as soon as the campaign ends, you get access to the beta version. So I don't know how uh, they, they've got web version right now, even running during the campaign. That you oh yeah, that's right. Now. You can, you can like try it out for free. Right. 
I'm just afraid that uh, the, the, the campaign is running really slowly right now. So I kind of, fingers crossed that, I don't know, Gizmodo or something like that will catch up with it or Polygon, larger websites and maybe... Yeah, it's, it, it seems like the kind of thing, like, you know, with Everybody Loves Among Us and Jackbox that like this would get this would get a lot of traction. It yeah, should. At the same time, believe me, guys, <laughs> running campaign on uh, Kickstarter means a lot of money being spent on ads just to <laughs> let people know that you are out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's 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 a it's a tough road to, to walk for for that, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, that is Republic of Jungle. Uh, which I am intrigued by. And those are all our picks this week. So we had some good, even though I said, I thought it was kind of a, kind of a sparse uh, week. I think we, well, I'll, I'll put it this way. <laughs> the three that I uh, had open uh, other than a never ending dungeon were the three we each chose to talk about. <laughs> so <laughs> I think we, we honed in on the ones there were, <laughs> but some interesting ones. Uh, next, we're going to talk about games we've been playing in table talk table talk table talk okay uh let's see casey do you want to go first is there a, a game or games you've been playing uh in the past couple of weeks or whenever that you're excited about that maybe you want to talk to us tell us about oh man you know Honestly, the last month or so has been an absolute nightmare nightmare whirlwind <laughs> of promoting Astro Miners, trying to wrap up uh, as many paid jobs as I could in my filmmaking thing so I could focus on board game stuff. I, I actually am not sure that I've been able to sit down and legitimately play a board game in close to five weeks. This has been... <laughs> a hellacious <laughs> time for me but if you give me a moment i may or may not be able to remember the last thing i played <laughs> well we, we let's we'll defer to max to 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 kick us off and then it'll give you a chance to jog your memory banks How's yeah that sound? that's perfect thank you <laughs> all right max have you had the chance to play a game within the past five weeks yes lots of times all so, right so first of all astro minus course we are coming closer and closer to to campaign so mm -hmm. still tweaking testing uh playing a lot with guys uh over here in poland but also uh using heavily uh tts version online version that we've got at our disposal which is very handy because we are getting feedback all over the world about it that's awesome tool uh, but uh, astro miners so our game i will switch to to the other games first of all I've discovered Star Wars once more. So I got Rebellion because it, it has got like a extremely high uh, score uh, on BGG. So it's something that I should know about. I, I know the general rules, etc., but I want to experience it. Yeah. So I I went to the closest uh, shop with, uh, with Rebellion uh, that I could get, like not uh, as a shipment, but in my hands today. And I bought it like uh, four weeks ago or three weeks ago. Came right. back, sit in front of a table with, with my wife and we've started playing it. And I may say, really, that's one of the very best dual big titles that I ever played. It's so simple in terms of rules, 
but it's so complex when it comes down to decision making and you know creating potential uh, outcomes of, of your decisions and it's it's looking very good like you've got those minis etc you feel like those star wars are just blowing in your face especially <laughs> when you are just doing the pew 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 above the table <laughs> shooting from snow speeder into the 8080 after you know throwing uh, dice on the table uh that's awesome experience we've played a couple of times with, with my wife definitely i want to try it uh, two versus two a version uh definitely i'm getting uh expansion whenever i'll get my hands on it because it's right now over here in poland i cannot get it anywhere so that's mm. that's one title and second title i done it once more so i bought a few minis for the mini skew uh mini miniature based skirmisher uh, x-wing another game from fantasy flight games mm-hmm. and oh boy I got really deep into the rabbit hole. So, like, <laughs> literally yesterday, oh. <laughs> literally yesterday, uh, Casey was uh, buying for me on Amazon in USA additional minis for over 250 US dollars. I'm, I've got two orders waiting for me over here in Poland. I've got 10 TIE fighters already that I won't be able to use because that's 10 TIE fighters, for God's sake, yeah? I'm <laughs> printing my own uh, additional minis, homebrewing rules for it. And it's like, I'm getting too deep into this, definitely. <laughs> like, just before our recording, I, I've been like two or three minutes uh, late just because of that, that I was printing additional 3D asteroids <laughs> for this game, yeah? On my 3D printer. So I'm... I'm sick, guys, and it's hard to to get rid of the sickness because I love it. Yeah, <laughs> hyperfixation. I'm pretty aware. Yeah. Uh, have you branched out ever into Armada, or do you strictly stick with X-wing? Uh, like I've seen X-wing lots of times, especially on uh, you know uh, on some cons and etc. And I I liked it. I also like Legion, uh, and I like Armada. But X-Wing is up close personal uh, and so close to the original Star Wars idea. I'm collecting right now uh, Empire and Rebel scam. (laughs) So (laughs) Rogue One till uh, episode six, yeah? Uh, That's the the original story that I really like behind uh, in, in Star Wars. At the same time, Armada seems a bit... Uh, a bit more abstract because of a scale uh, of mm. of those uh, battles. And Legion is... I've been playing Warhammer 40k and Fantasy Battle in a couple of different normal miniature skirmishes and battle games. I don't want to do this again. <laughs> <laughs> you got to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> yes. X-Wing is out. simple. No more... More, <laughs> no, guys. It, no, no, it, no more. It, it's been like three or four weeks. No, no, three weeks. Yeah, three weeks, and I'm already getting to this moment that I will have everything that I wanted to have. All right, well, until the next week when you. <laughs> I've got more. 3D printer. I'm just getting right now. Print literally. I've sent photos uh, today to to Casey. Uh, I've got uh, Hammerhead being prepped uh, like a huge ship. I've got 
uh, Zeta class uh, shuttle. So I'm already creating my own minis for the game, uh, just homebrew rules. I'm not interested in competitive uh, games on tournaments, etc. I just want to enjoy the story on the table, like playing with my wife. Uh, it's it's awesome because we are just listening to the to the music from the original John Williams soundtrack from the from the series and it's like this kind of a same experience while i was watching um star wars being young uh, small teenager yeah it's like this magic is is i feel it in in the air yeah you know awesome. i i got to i got to say i've I've had to watch myself with Max because very often he will get very excited about things and sh- overshare to where I get excited about them. <laughs> <laughs> Pulls you in. <laughs> I, I, I can't recall. It's I have to have probably somewhere around 40 photos or more that he sent me from the different games he's played over the last few weeks. And I'm trying to ignore it for the most part. <laughs> I, I don't I don't have the time or money to spare on something like this and I can see how I could get too involved but I also have to watch out because I'm incredibly curious on how X-Wing plays because the stories he tells me sound far too detailed for what I can imagine the game mechanics would be so I, I'm not quite sure where Max starts blurring the line between oh <laughs> like, RPG. like like fluffing up what happened into a narrative form and what's actually like a mechanic right he's like he's like oh my god Chewie was in the docking in the docking board and he got blasted out of the ship i'm just like how what how does that happen? <laughs> i believe first of, it first of all that was han Right, and right, he, right. He, he did he didn't shoot first first <laughs> oh we settled it we settled it here on the show it's guys. It's like Euro players are just watching the game like it's a riddle, yeah. So they are playing the math game. Uh, they are trying to solve the puzzle in front of them. Uh, I, as I'm rather like a math type of a guy, I'm. I prefer to have solid mechanics. Like in terms of a uh, math that is running those uh, probability, uh, randomness, etc., addressed at the same time, uh, the theme and how the story is being told by the bits and pieces on the table is extremely important for me. I hate totally abstract games. Uh, I love games that are using mechanics, using bits and pieces on a table and boards and illustration and everything to, to give you tools to tell your own story. And ex- with both of those games that I mentioned, uh, on completely different scale, because first one is a board game, which is pretty much like a 90, 90 minutes uh, experience, closed, completely. Yeah, that's like a, you're getting from fourth to sixth episode, but uh, the, the base wasn't on Yavin or eventually on Hoth. It was hidden somewhere else, yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, you are creating your own story. I know that I'm sending photos to Casey and I'm trying to describe because the picture is just showing, you know, nice looking minis. So I'm describing what was happening in the in that round, yeah. Exactly the same thing with X-wing. <laughs> like I'm shooting, you know, I'm trying to find this uh, 
uh, Han Solo behind the, the rock, so I'm going really fast, but uh, my TIE fighter is, you know, crashing into it, but suddenly it's bumping on the other side, but I'm shooting into Han Solo, and Han Solo is blinded, but Justin, my wife, forgot about Chewie that may repair the ship, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> so that's the story, yeah? And storytelling is how we are reading the games in front of us. Yeah. Yeah, those some of my favorite games are the ones like that where you can't like a lot of games, even some of the more thematic ones, you can boil down to, well, I went to the second space and I got this card and I scored that many points by playing it. Uh, but I, I love a game where it's just it, the simplest way to say it is just, well, my ship shot the other ship, you know, like it all it all sounds like in universe and yeah. makes those stories uh, happen. That's really cool. And I'm I'm excited to hear uh, your report of Star Wars Rebellion, because earlier this year, I also uh, purchased Star Wars Rebellion uh, after wanting it for a long time. And Ex same, have, same thing over here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> never. And uh, couldn't justify it. Still couldn't. But I decided to get it uh, <laughs> and still haven't uh, unfortunately been able to play it. But I'm I really, you really didn't make a to. how to play. Yeah, I made a I made a how to play video. If, anyone needs a refresher on our channel but uh, i will yeah. just do it really worth it i i mean i i had fun it's like i knew already that this is a good game i was buying it uh, knowing that it has got high bgg standing and it has got lots of people that are just you know super enthusiastic about uh all of it from the looks to the to the mechanics running it yeah but I yeah. was surprised how my enthusiasm was rewarded in the end with a good game. Usually when I am super enthusiastic about something, I feel a bit lost when I'm learning about a couple of different things that weren't exactly the same when I was thinking about those or dreaming about those before. Yeah, In this case, it's like 100% of promise delivered, and it was awesome. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to try it out for myself. See so, yeah, Star Wars Rebellion and Star Wars X-Wing. Uh, I don't think we need to. Pe people people know it. People like them. <laughs> people like those <laughs> games out there. You, you may have heard of this property. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, Casey, any, any luck? Have, has your memory been jogged? You know what? Uh, I feel like such a. <laughs> such a. a, 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 a Star Wars on the brain you know, now. I mean, yeah, it's just I can't get away from this conversation with Max. Um, you know what? Uh, unfortunately, as as much as it sounds like a plug, uh, the last board game that I sat down to play, um, both online and physically, was our next game, Astro Miners. No, I um, think I, I would love to hear you or both of you talk because I do think it's interesting to hear publishers talk about playing and designers talking about playing their own games and what that. Well, you know this like. this the uh the tabletop version that i played was actually probably more interesting to me just because our online there's a lot of our backers that enjoy playing it regularly um but this was the first time in a long time that i was playing one of our games with a friend of mine uh it was a friend that i've known since film school 2010 um he was actually a roommate of mine for several years um and we just he he moved across town and um, don't get to see each other too often. And he kept telling me he'd love to see what we've been working on. And of course, there's a very strange reservation I have from introducing what I'm doing in the board game life to anybody who kind of knew me before this all happened. 
<laughs> it's it's very strange. I, I I have a hard time kind of like wrestling with the fact that my priorities and attentions have been redirected. And I, I feel a lot of imposter syndrome whenever I'm in a situation like this. So I, I tend to avoid it, to be honest. I, I much prefer playing board games with people that I've only met since getting into this. Um, but I came over with our prototype copy and they were kind of surprised that it actually came in a box that was, you know, fully sticker wrapped with the key art. And they're like, oh, that's not what I was expecting. I think they were assuming I was going to come with like, poker cards that had like sharpie written on them um and it was really fun once we got past like the instructional rounds like obviously everybody has difficulty catching up to things and i have to admit that my friend is a huge monopoly fan like like when i mention board games he's like oh monopoly the best and i'm like But Usually it's the opposite. Usually, oh, we mean Monopoly? Oh, no. Exactly. So, uh, so it was, I don't know, it was, it was really fulfilling Reno. for me because he got, <laughs> he got really excited. Once, once he and his girlfriend started figuring it out and seeing kind of like the paths in front of them, it was oh, such a relief to kind of watch them start becoming hyper-focused and like start, I could watch them start making their plans and like start looking at other people, see like, oh, is are they going to be able to help me on this mission or oh, are they going to be able diving. to steal that next achievement? So it was, it was, it was a really pleasurable experience with just a ton of apprehension going into it. Casey, I'm calling it diving. I'm, I'm watching carefully how people are playing our games. We are testing a lot. Uh, we are testing the out of it, <laughs> I may say. And you mean like when they dive different... into it and in, with their, with like their full attention? Yes, exactly. Okay. There's a huge difference how people are sitting in the front of a table and they are like, you know, focusing on everything around. Like, uh, this girl is uh, sitting in front of him. Uh, oh, this guy looks uh, nicely done. Yeah, this mini looks cool. Uh, there's so many colors on the on the on the board. Yeah, and suddenly after just just two rounds or something like that, exactly the same thing with colonists. And as I have seen guys showing the own prototypes on different events over here in Poland uh, while while they were testing those. I love watching people playing games because especially during uh, prototype sessions when when they are being shown completely new games, you see that usually those uh, those uh, Sunday uh, gamers, yeah, uh, they are like everywhere over the table. And after two, three rounds, they are like thinking only about the game. And yeah. those hardcore geeks, they are always looking like uh, eagles. They are sitting in the front of a table, don't making additional unwanted movements, etc. They are focused from the very beginning. So I'm just usually <laughs> dividing you know, those entry-level players from hardcore gamers, like with that, that that one thing. Like if it if he or she looks like an eagle, that means that's a hardcore <laughs> player. <laughs> I love that. Eagles. That's the new terminology. <laughs> yeah, those are eagles. <laughs> now, what well, about you guys? Cool. What have you been up to? Oh, man, I'm so glad that you asked. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth segue. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, well uh, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, listeners can, you know, stay tuned. You'll uh, be able to see more of uh, Astrominers uh, in the future and or check out our playthrough on our channel again. But 
Uh, we, we did not have a game night proper this past week. I was, uh, I was in a few different States recently traveling between airplanes. My, my time zone sense is actually a little discombobulated right now, but yes. And, uh, on my end, I didn't run one without you, which I've done before, but the problem was, uh, I don't have a table available. I got a new shelf and all my tables are covered with board games. I'm still organizing everything. (laughs) So I wouldn't have had a place for people to play. (laughs) You have to sit on the floor. Uh, but we did oh, get- the, the stuff too. <laughs> well, there's got to be, there's somewhere there's a floor. <laughs> That's the uh, entire there are pathways, <laughs> snaking pathways and such. Is that, did you complete that project yet? No, because my, ba- I, I, like I was laying, I, I don't know what I did in my back, but like the, I was gone for most of the, I was laying on my back for most of the week. Cause I could barely lift right. anything. I know that's so been, that's, it's been, it's, it's been a while. It's been yeah. a while. <laughs> All right. I won't shame you for it though. Any more than I already have. What we did do was play some board game arena games, uh, board game arena.com, uh, with a patron of the show. Very exciting. You can, you can play games with us too, if you become a patron, but we'll plug that at the end of the show. Um, and uh, Board Game Arena, if anyone doesn't know, it's an in-browser site, uh, like a tabletop simulator or a tabletopia, but all the board games they have are uh, built into the site and all the rules are programmed. So it's uh, everything is kind of done automatic, or at least most of it is, besides your decision-making. And they've got a decent selection on there. And I had dabbled, I think I talked about it in the show, I played a little bit of the Splendor version they have on there. Uh, but I, none, neither of us were, have never gone too deep into board game arena, uh, and we we played some Splendor and we played uh, uh, Sushi Go and Seven Wonders were the three games we tried out. So, I, I will. What was I think it was like your first time ever, right, doing board game arena? It was, yeah. What did you? Um, and I, which I know a lot of people. I, I don't know why we never really got into it. So many people are big users of it, but what was your experience with it well when i first made my account and stuff i saw like pay this price to do i'm like oh no never mind (laughs) but like when i found out you're paying for it well it is some games are premium but you don't have to pay to play a lot of them actually actually you can you can play any game for free if someone else hosts them right yeah Mm -hmm. um but i I, playing it was a lot of fun because it definitely one setup time. You always forget about setup time when doing games a game oh, night yeah. <laughs> and just being able to click and be like, it's done. Uh, for the most part was great. There's one small exception. I didn't like that uh, for seven wonders. We didn't get to choose our wonder. Like usually I think you're given two. Uh, we just sort of were given one to go, but you, that means you still got to hit the ground running, which was nice. Mm-hmm. And the other really nice thing is because of they do all that background stuff too, I'll go with Seven Wonders as my example. It literally told me like, you can buy this. You can buy this one, but you'll have to pay someone. And yeah, you can't even select this. Right. You don't have to do any mental calculations. They they know what you can do. <laughs> they tell you. Yeah, it's, it's just really nice. Uh, and same thing in Splendor where it'll show you, you you have an option to, it'll just show you the cost you need, not including what you already have in gems. So Uh, to cheat, you need to be like a hacker in this case. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you do it. Or you get a, or you get a pretty good job cheating. Yeah. You get a game shark. (laughs) 
That's what you do. <laughs> um, yes, hopefully they they. Uh, I think they've solved that problem. But yeah, it's just amazing how the the even even though um you know Sushi Go and Splendor and Seven Wonders they're all like light to medium weight games. We played all three of them in under ninety minutes. Where in real life, the like setup time and relearning the rules and everything like that it would have taken probably like twice as long. Uh, and it's, it's really cool to be able to just click and play again and play again, and set it up. And it's so easy. And yeah, I, I really like it. And even like, I'm not a huge fan of splendor. I kind of think it's overrated. That's my hot take for the day. <laughs> um, but I kind of like it on, on board game arena because it's so fast and so simple. It feels more, I don't know. It feels more appropriate to me for, for what it is like, it's not a super complex or in-depth game. I like it as just a quick, almost like playing solitaire or something. Like I don't have to think too hard. I just click, click by, <laughs> I, I, I like that aspect of it. I, I, I'm a little confused. I think there's something wrong. Cause according to you, Jonathan, since you're the I knew, I, I don't know what it is, but I knew you were going to say something to me that <laughs> told me I was contradicting myself. No, no, no. I wasn't talking about that. <laughs> okay. Why? Oh yeah. No, no, this is completely a separate thing. Uh, according to your thing, I was always the quickest thinker, and I don't believe that because I think I'm the one who drags out half our games. No, it was true. Yes, that's another thing. If you pay for premium, they uh, they show you your stats, including how much time everyone took on their turns. Oh. So you can say specifically, hey, you, you are the problem of this game. <laughs> I'm now trying to think how in the world, what would I disagree with what you said? <laughs> I think you're pretty- <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me, I thought you said you like Splendor better in real life or something. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm always I mean, ready I- for a fight. <laughs> I mean, we said it, w- it was sad not to have the chips, but I mean, you still get the clicks. And yeah, I mean, like I said, just having a lot of things streamlined is is very nice. Yeah. You know, it's hard. So it's hard not to argue with that. It's cool. Board Game Arena. I mean, it's it's a reasonable uh, cost and it is it's nice after, you know, we spend so much time with Tabletop Simulator, as I know you guys do. And uh, sometimes those aren't the most optimized experiences. Oh, definitely. You're right. Like, yeah. yes, it's a prototype of a prototype, but it's useful <laughs> yeah. for us, especially when we want to constantly change something and test it on, on people. Yeah. Right. But right. uh but but yeah, TTS definitely is something that shouldn't be sold in current shape, in my humble opinion. Because even when tools aren't working properly to make a game, this game cannot work properly at all. Yeah, yeah. There's some, uh, yeah, there's some, some are better than others on there for sure. But yeah, it's, it could yeah. be kind of rough. So I, I would love it if Asmodee, I know they wouldn't, but put Arkham Horror second edition on there. Cause man, if that was digital, it'd be so much nicer. <laughs> yeah. You might get third edition, but I don't think second is, is coming, but you know what? Third would still be decent. Yeah. <laughs> that still would be that we might be able to finish that within an hour. <laughs> yeah, it would be pretty good. Uh, so yeah, board game arena go. If you haven't tried it and you want a, a good way to play board games, it's, I think it's a good way. And then real quick, I'm just going to mention this game that I played, which is a solo game. I backed it on Kickstarter a while ago called Harsh Shadows. And in this game, the the premise is you are an agent and you're trying to elude a spy. Who's And you're trying to, it's kind of like Clue in that you are trying to get three pieces of evidence. And once you have found those items, you can then go to where the spy is and accuse them. Uh, and you win the game if you have the correct evidence. 
Uh, but at the start of the game, the which cards you need are randomized. So there's like a phone, a laptop or something like that. And there's also each uh, there's different cards. There's a row of three by three cards and you're moving between these cards as different locations. And at each card is one of these items face down. So when you go there, you take it, Uh, but you don't know which ones are important. And one of them is a red herring. So if you have that at the end of the game, you lose. So you're trying to find clues to reveal which card is which. And there's also bombs at some locations that will make you discard cards Or if you move into the same spot as the spy, you have to discard cards. And sometimes you don't know yet if a card is safe to discard or not, because you might need it for the end of the game. So it's this interesting, uh, like strategic positioning thing. And it comes, it's a very, very small box of small set of cards. It's not like a portable game in the sense that like you couldn't really play it on an airplane. I don't think, because you do need some table space, but it could fit into your pocket. Like it's very small in that sense. And uh, I, I enjoyed it. I think it's a, a fun, if you like a kind of deduction game that has the feel kind of like Clue or maybe a little bit like that game uh, Noir from Level 99, sort of in that vein, but for a single player, it does have a thing of if you get unlucky in the beginning and you have to discard a card early, there's a chance that you might have just discarded the card that one of the ones you needed to win and you could literally make it so you just can't win and you might not you might not know that it's unwinnable until like five rounds later or something uh but it's a relatively quick game so i didn't it didn't bother me too much but yeah if any i don't know if anybody likes quick small solo games i think this is supposed to be they're going to do a series of these um in the same style harsh shadows is the name of this one uh casey or max you guys ever do uh, solo gaming you know, I really haven't so far, but um, with my work life being kind of spread out between two different cities, I find myself um, stranded in Los Angeles a lot without family and without a lot of time to feel like I can get out and go spend time with friends. So I've been thinking about it more. So as you've been talking about that, I started looking it up and I was like, okay, this actually sounds pretty interesting, especially when you say, you know, it's a relatively quick game. So I'm not dedicating an entire night to it so it's something that i haven't started doing myself but i know that i should probably pick it up just so i can kind of continue to build like my wealth of experiences and kind of relatable uh conversation pieces yeah yeah that can be fun uh yeah it's like 20 minutes or so for, for one of these usually i like the solo games that are short as opposed to there's also mage night or something <laughs> where <laughs> you can do it for like five hours. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know if I could, if I could do that to myself, but the shorter, yeah, I can definitely get a part of that. But Max, uh, have you, have you done many solo games? Oh God. I hate playing solo. <laughs> I, I've got the very best wife that I could have close to me so we are video gamers we are playing often right now i'm looking she's playing tarkov escape from tarkov on on her pc and uh, (laughs) we are playing uh, games like board games Uh, we've been playing rpg games a lot also with pavel suski uh, my my best friend over here in poland and designer of astro miners so yeah, I've got usually around me someone that would like to to kick my ass in some kind of a game, or eventually to kick I don't know Cthulhu 
as with me in a co-op <laughs> game. So uh, I always prefer playing with with real human beings as close as is it possible to, to me. So I I'm not a huge fan of online gaming as well, but if I'm playing with my close friends, uh, that's okay, especially when I'm looking at my wife which is like three meters from me right now. So that's uh, something <laughs> oh, that, that is explains like a, it. <laughs> like, a, you know, like a LAN party type of a thing in PC gaming. Uh, at the same time, board gaming is, in my humble opinion, I know that we've got the COVID and there's a lot of different, lots of different digital solutions. Board games are always, for me, uh, like uh, an option to leave uh, my home and go somewhere, meet people, meet people that I like or meet new people that maybe I will like in the future, yeah? Uh, and spend time with those guys and have kind of a good experience. It's like lots of guys over here in Poland, they like just to drink alcohol altogether. In my humble opinion, you may do something beside of drinking alcohol in front of a table. <laughs> like <laughs> drinking alcohol and playing board games. <laughs> so, but the fu- funny thing is... Catan that- beer, maybe. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> but the funny thing is that we needed to design a solo a mode for colonies, and mm. Pavel uh, Pavel Suski, uh, co-designer of colonies, he also hates solo gaming. He doesn't understand it. He's pretty much strict and honest about it. That it doesn't make any sense. If he's alone, he's sleeping because he's working very hard. <laughs> so he's, if, if he's meeting with somebody, he isn't sleeping usually. And he's trying to be productive. Yeah. So when we are meeting and playing games, we got completely different approach towards the, the board gaming. He doesn't give... Uh, he isn't interested in story behind the game. Uh, the visuals are important. He just likes like a good flow of the game that he's enjoying, you know, mechanics and everything that is happening in front of it. I'm taking a deep dive into the story. So anyways, two different minds, two different designers with different approach towards uh, preferred solutions. And we were sitting in the office and we were discussing also with Adam Kwapinski, uh, author of Nemesis, the thing uh, about the solo game. And Adam said, extremely important thing for us as designers, because Adam is extremely experienced designer with lots of extremely good titles already uh, already published, yeah? So he told us, like, this is like co-op, but with one guy, you. And pretty much that's all. Usually that's raised, so it's getting as much as possible uh, uh, from the table, like points, victory points or something like that. But think of uh, one person being a co-op group, and pretty much that's all. Uh, and it it suddenly felt like a very stupid idea. Like in co-op, everything is about interaction, so the players need to talk to each other, plan everything accordingly, etc., execute actions all together, build combos, etc. But you know what? As we've started designing it, and finally Pavel designed it, and I think it's very good. It isn't true. the The thing is that solo game may work properly when uh, it isn't just an add-on to the to the co-op and or semi-co-op mode. When it's mm-hmm. designed around being solo game, 
So yeah. in this case, looking at, especially at harsh shadows, I feel like this kind of uh, solutions are good bridge towards solo gaming for entry-level type of a player like me that hates solo uh, games. So that's why I'm, I'm already You don't have to say it with so much venom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, he does. He does so he does. sorry sorry that it was like a longer story, but just wanted to share my thoughts because I know there's a lot of solo gamers and I've got huge respect for you guys because I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's interesting. I mean, like you said, I think... For some people, it's just board games. It's a social activity, first and foremost. And uh, I, I certainly don't play as many social games. I mean, sorry, as many solo games as multiplayer. Uh, usually the barrier to entry for me is just I'm too lazy to like set something up. That's why I love these smaller ones where, uh, you know, it's there's very little. It's like, eh, I have 15 minutes. I don't know. I'll throw this on the table and see how it goes. And like you said, anything that's from the ground up made for solo is often better you never you don't want the, it to be like a an add-on like tacked on at the last minute that doesn't always work out so great but also a good way just to learn games i found if, if it's like you want to teach it to someone else but you don't have it you want to get a sense of it first it's yeah, sometimes sure, nice yeah. to have that I, I find it a lot easier to cheat when you're playing by yourself. No one's going to call you. That's out. another benefit. <laughs> yeah. But the guilt, the guilt when you're at bed at night, you're just like, <laughs> Jonathan, I, I don't it, get you. It's like it's, 50 it's minutes. It's only about the win. <laughs> 50 minutes set up uh, tops and having short games. I, I, I understand it. But at the same time, I've been on a vacation camping, you know, tent and such like wild areas. And I took X-Wing with me. I mean, literally, I took X-Wing with me and we've been playing X-Wing with my wife under tent. We, we were just thrilled by the super low temperature, but we kept sending photos to Casey. <laughs> well, I'm glad you found that sounds like the perfect person for you. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Casey's super guy. <laughs> my wife is also cool. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. So that's our table talk. Real quick, we're going to end the show with one more segment. We're going to take a quick trip to the Meeple Gallery. Meeple Gallery. That's right. The sound you just heard are our little Meeples, our fans of the show, our listeners. If you want to write us an email, a comment, or question, you can send it to MeepleGallery at gmail.com. And this week, we're hearing again from our friend uh, Christopher DeAnda who has a question that I think is very uh, appropriate for this week, says, with the recent news that Tasty Minstrel Games is basically closing up shop, I've found myself hunting down all TMG games to scoop up and add to my collection because of FOMO, fear of missing out. Do Ooh. you suffer from FOMO? And if you do, what triggers it? So now, uh, Christopher, you may want to start hunting down IDW games as well. But uh, <laughs> Casey, do you suffer from FOMO? What, maybe in a board game, or maybe it's something else that does it for you? You know, um, financially speaking, I'm pretty lucky because with my general affliction of ADHD, once something falls off of my immediate radar, I tend to forget about it. So FOMO hasn't <laughs> FOMO hasn't really come into play too much. Um, it's for me, it's just more general excitement. Um, like we were talking earlier about um, Mythic Mischief, just, you know, getting to see, you know, like a cavalcade of 
art, um, pretty convincing uh, quotes. Like that's what kind of does it for me. Um, it's only when it's truly something that's like, that's it. It's done. We're not printing this anymore. Whatever copies are out there in the world, that's it. That's that's when I start thinking, okay, well, I should try to probably figure out how to pick that up. But, um, you know, when it comes to like a Kickstarter campaign, I, I can't really say that that part gets to me. Um, I mean, there's definitely some interesting things to be said. Like if I were on the other side of Beyond Humanity Colonies, um, you know, where it's a small company, maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't. But, uh, you know, those that get it are going to be the only ones that have it for a while. And hopefully it's something interesting that maybe, but obviously I'm way too close to it. Uh, so no, not, not, uh, not in the crowdfunding sense, but when it comes to the collecting bits, like when we were discussing IDW and their Invader Zim dice game, um, huh. huge fan of Invader Zim. And knowing now that there's probably not going to be any more printed, I've already pulled open a Facebook uh, marketplace page so I can start trying to see if anybody is getting rid of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Max? Are you going to be hunting down any uh, Invader Zim games or otherwise? Uh, we've been talking about the X-Wing. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, right. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I may say that FOMO means nothing for me. Uh, sorry, meant nothing for me. But lately, like last four weeks, FOMO is everything for me, especially <laughs> when it comes down to discontinued first edition X-Wing mini minis from Empire. Yeah, uh, yeah. I yeah. just need to, uh, I just need to find address of those guys that are that have got those minis so ridiculously uh, expensive on eBay because I will drive there and I will get those minis. <laughs> yeah. Is it a, I mean, do you consider it like, do you want to not have that feeling or are you perfectly happy right now? No, enjoying it. really. I'm celebrating it. It's something that <laughs> gives me uh, a lot of enjoyment every day. And when, you know, I'm feeling bad because I don't know whether it's ugly or eventually looking at Polish news. It's, it's something that destroys good mood. Yeah. So, in this moment, I'm escaping into my like a happy area, and this happy area is telling me that Casey bought <laughs> on Amazon minis for me for over 250 US dollars, and this gives me like a huge smile on my face because I know that in like one to two weeks I will have those in my hands and I'll be playing this game with my wife sending a lot of photos to Casey because <laughs> <laughs> I don't have enough. <laughs> uh what will i i i think uh you have some experience in this area no no we, we well, let's just go to the next question we don't <laughs> no, only one question this, this is the question so <laughs> i have it very bad um i cannot play any kind of digital video game if there's like a limited time loot box with things mm. um it's very bad for me it's much better for, I mean, I'm sure you could argue it's the same thing, but things like a trading card game, at least I could buy the singles later on usually with some annoying exceptions. Like as long as I can get it eventually, it's not too bad. But if for those things, which is why also I really hate when they do Kickstarter exclusive things for game mechanics. Because to me, and I know you could just say like, oh, that's not part of the core game. It's still not complete. <laughs> 
I'm still missing that character or something. So uh, that's one of the reasons why I don't own Blood Rage. <laughs> yeah, fam- famously, the one people continue to say you need to play it. It's one of the greatest games. I'll play it. I'm just not going to own it. <laughs> Very stubborn you are. Very stubborn. It, it does uh, make no sense. It's like playing X-Wing without having a lot of TIE fighters. It's like, what for? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, for I, I'm in terms of board games, I'm pretty good about it. There's not much. I, I've actually, I feel like I've gotten lately a lot better in terms of Kickstarters, where just having so many games, more and more games, right in the past, I would have backed definitely. Now I'm much more likely to say, ah, I really just don't need it. I, how many tiling games do I have? I, I can live without this one. Or if it's I've, really I've good, yeah. If it's really good, they'll print it again, right, or something like that. I, I've definitely got about that about most Kickstarters, and I'd say the biggest problem when it comes to Kickstarter for me is usually then like, uh, is this something that if I don't back, everyone's going to be talking about, and like, right. I need to do it as roll for crit. That's right. where. Right. But um, I definitely can look back and be like, my ratio has dropped significantly. <laughs> um, also because I might get just angry, like sometimes I'm like, oh, this is just preying on me and then i'll get angry because i know that they're feeding on that sometimes i fail and sometimes i fail but i mean it's kind of the entire kickstarter model is fomo in a to a degree well now it is i don't think before before it was like we had a limited amount of time we have this idea but even i feel like at a core level just the fact that you have 30 days to back it there's some even if it's not not intentional there's a subconscious part of that that's saying you're gonna miss out if you don't right. do it. Well, yes, there is. But the difference, I guess the way when I look at some, I'm not when saying it's a, malicious, but it is present. It's present. But it, to me, it's when it crosses that line to be like, um, like, look at the base game. It'll be available. But, you right. know, Spider-Man, Venom, <laughs> they're all Kickstarter. Like, well, the difference is some Kickstarters, they won't be available or you don't know if they'll be available because if it's a smaller company, this might be the only run. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're talking about like Simon or something that's different from, you know, your whatever indie company. Well, it is their only run for them still. Sometimes that's true. Sometimes it is. Yeah. <laughs> with them. Uh, for me, it hits me really more with video games, actually. Any, especially anytime there's a sale, if there's like Steam sales or Nintendo eShop sales, that's when I'll go, oh, this game is 50% off. I heard it was good. I might not play it for three years, but I, I don't want to miss this sale. <laughs> so it's it's getting downloaded tonight. Um, I or know I, your pain. <laughs> what was that? I know your pain. <laughs> yeah, proud, proud, proud owner of over a thousand games on Steam. So, <laughs> yeah, I think the worst one for me recently was um, I don't I don't want to get it too into it, but there's a whole thing with the rock band games where you can you could like transfer your songs from one rock band game to the next on different yeah. systems, and like a year ago they there was like a deadline because of licensing rights for when you could transfer your songs to rock band four or something and i had to like go through this thing of logging into my ps3 and you had to follow like all these steps to to connect your account to make it so you could transfer your songs at some point bearing in mind i don't own rock band four <laughs> i haven't played <laughs> rock band three for years but the the fact that I have all this DLC, I was like, if I ever want to get four, I want those songs in there. I had to oh, buy this license. 
you know, I, Will, I got to say, I'm finally understanding your hesitation at being asked this question because I realize now after listening to all of you that I am just a liar. <laughs> there's, there's a giant dissonance between how I like to perceive myself and how I actually am because each one of your stories, I'm like, ah, yeah, mm -hmm, that's me. And I'm like, oh, it does affect me a lot. Oh, no. Well, there it is. Well, because it's just, it's such a good psychological tr trick. That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason, like, if this didn't work so well, I mean, we wouldn't be seeing EA do it with all their sports games. Yeah. Yeah. Not only. I'm looking at Battlefront 2 right now. <laughs> which yeah. oh, which was yeah, like a of... huge pile of loot boxes on loot boxes and even more loot boxes and you were opening loot boxes in which you found you were finding additional loot box or key <laughs> to a loot box. It's like sometimes I, w I was wondering which game I'm playing right now. Is it FIFA or NBA or something like that? Because I was in so deep into loot boxes that I forgot that it's Star Wars. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it's, it can be a dangerous rabbit hole. We, we do our best to uh, to mitigate it. But yeah, it's it's out there. Well, thank you for the question, Christopher. Again, if you want to send us a question, you can do so. MeepleGallery at gmail.com is the address. But that's going to end our show. We had a ton of stuff to talk about, and I'm very grateful that both of you guys, Max and Casey, could join us. Of course, uh, after this adventure, you've gained a bunch of experience points, which means that you get to spend those right now to plug your own projects and tell people uh, where they can keep up with all your stuff online. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you. Well, I mean, first of all, thank you guys for having us. This has been a truly enjoyable afternoon. I'm so glad we got a chance to do this. I'm going to send this off to a couple of friends right afterwards. But um, <laughs> if, uh, you know, if anybody's interested in keeping in touch with us or seeing what we're doing, obviously they can follow our publisher page on GameFound and Kickstarter. Um, but like I said, at some point in the indeterminate future, we are going to be launching Beyond Humanity Colonies, a very Family friendly. Uh, Astro Miners, for God's sake, Astro Oh my God, sorry. Sorry, it's been a couple <laughs> <Slice>. years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Beyond Humanity Astro Miners. It's a very approachable, great game to bring to any game session. And hopefully, you guys will enjoy that. That's going to be going live on GameFound, but you can find and follow the project page, draft page, right now. Awesome. We will put a link to that in the show notes. Uh, any, anywhere else to follow you guys, or is that all of it? Um, I mean, if anybody is interested in what we're doing uh, narratively, you can always become a part of our community over on Discord. We have the Three-Headed Monster uh, Discord server, and we have hundreds of backers there talking about board games in general, random stuff in the science fiction and pop culture world, as well as a pretty fun little uh, help group for how to play the different games both online and in person so lots of fun stuff going on narratively over there and of course there's facebook instagram and a twitter that we rarely post on <laughs> got it <laughs> yes all that stuff will be in the show notes uh thanks again to both of you for joining us uh we'll plug our stuff now if you want more roll for crit Go to rollforcrit.com. We have YouTube videos, live streams every week. Uh, we got merch you can check out. Uh, and if you really like us, you can support us on Patreon, where we have a Discord server, plus bonus podcast episodes every single week if you want to hear more. Uh, or if you want to help us out, uh, if you could uh, rate and review us on iTunes, that makes us happy too. 
Uh, but that's the end of the episode. So it's it's been a good one. It was there was a lot to discuss, but I'm I'm very glad you guys were on. We had some good talks, and uh, yeah, I'm no. looking. Yeah, I'm looking forward Thank to you. someday finally maybe seeing you guys again in in person if we can. Hell yeah, that's the goal. That's the goal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, guys, have a great one. Thank you again. It was an awesome chat, and uh, I wish the rest of my day could stand up in comparison to this. <laughs> uh, you'll you'll meet that bar. We'll see. I uh, hope hopefully our listeners had the same experience. Uh, but until next time, I'm Jonathan. I'm Will, and this was Roll for Crit. Mm-hmm.